So one of my favorite Smoy rituals is after the weekday masses, uh, we go over and have a, a post-mass breakfast over at Skip's Deli. And this time of season, it's all about who's watching Fox and who's watching CNN in the, in the restaurant there. And um, I heard a, a table of spirited conversation, and it went something like this. The first guy sits down, he says, I can't believe what he said last night. And the second guy says, well, that's because, and the third guy says, okay, if you two are going to start talking politics, I'm out of here. It's that season. The primaries are upon us. The political season. And whether we like to admit it or not, we as Christians, as Catholics, have a hard time speaking our faith as faithful citizens in the public square. Not judgmentally, without being labeled as being intolerant or bigoted or judgmental. Increasingly, we're being put, in the words of one Jesuit theologian, we're being put on the reservation, outside the main currents of political conversation. One principle that we could bring to the table, I think, as Christians in this political season would be a reflection on what we mean when we say equality. We hear that all the time, don't we? Economic equality, social equality, marriage equality. Equality is more than simply a political or material consideration in the Christian moral tradition. Equality for Christians in the public square, we remind ourselves, is the capacity that all have to respond to God. Think about that. We are equal because we share a common creator. We are equal because everyone has the image of that creator imprinted in their mind and heart. And someone needs to say that to a secular and increasingly relativized world. We are wired to remember that equality flows originally from God, not the state, not a government, which is why our political founders reminded us and all generations that we are endowed by our Creator with what? With certain inalienable rights. And yet we as Christians often think that politics and religion just don't mix, right? Just separate them. I'm out of here if you start talking politics. The problem with that is in our first reading tonight. Because our first reading from the book of James shows us that it is precisely through the politics of a community that faith is focused and challenged and reflected and brought to bear. It's precisely the humanity of the first Christian community, its political dimension, inevitably, 
they were still struggling with being humans, judging each other according to appearances, according to achievement, according to accumulation. And so the spiritual response is to call forth those politics. As James says, you are still making distinctions about each other? You're still judging one another? We are called to transcend the political, my friends. And where better to see that than in the gospel tonight? We are reminded by St. Augustine that the scriptures always operate on two levels, the literal, the historical, but also the invisible, spiritual, and symbolic. Two levels of meaning, a sacramental way of viewing reality. We are what? In the world, yes, but we are not of the world, are we? And so the disciples bring to their master a deaf man. And we believe this was indeed an historical event. Jesus really was a healer. Scripture shows us that. But there is a spiritual lens here. A deaf man. Who is this deaf man? He is not only an historical person, but he is a symbolic representation of you and me and all of us. Because our spiritual problem, friends, is that we are deaf to mystery. We are deaf to the moral imagination. We are deaf to taking our rightful place as faithful citizens in the world called to recognize the dignity of each and every human being. All of us are like this guy. As G.K. Chesterton says, we've all forgotten our names. And so we drift away from the church. We drift away from the voice of our Creator who calls us each by name to come back again and again to make a new beginning. And we have to ask ourselves, how did we get this way? How did we get so spiritually tone deaf? Well, we get burned out by the culture, don't we? From all our media, our digital gear, our politics. We are, as T.S. Eliot said, distracted by distraction from distraction. And so many of us fall away from the practice of the faith. Just look at the Pew studies this past month. The numbers are staggering. How many Catholics are no longer here with us? Families, friends, neighbors. And here's what happens when we choose to listen only to the material dimension of reality and the world. We then forget how to tell our spiritual story. 
our narrative. We have a spiritual speech impediment like this guy in John's Gospel. Because there is a connection, my friends. If you don't hear the voice of the Master and your Creator, you won't be able to speak it when it counts. And so we become tongue-tied. We go silent there in the public square when people ask us, what do we really think and believe and hope for? What do we care about? What would we generously give ourselves for? What would we sacrifice for? What would we die for? We don't know how to tell our story. And so the wrong people are telling the story of Christianity and Catholicism. It's the media. Well, this is what the Christians believe. What does Jesus do with this deaf man who has gone silent? The first thing he does, my friends, would be a good idea for all of us to do. Jesus takes this deaf, mute man away from the crowd. He removes him from the ambient culture, from the acoustics around him and talks to him and relates to him and loves him and heals him in a quiet place set aside. I wonder what your quiet place could be or should be. Shouldn't it be the church here, the assembly, where we literally break open the word of our Creator and so Jesus looks up to heaven before he heals the man. In that action is a symbol for us all, again, as John's Gospel shows us. Jesus is aligning himself to the love of the Father. He is orienting himself into an alternative energy system, the logic of God's love. And he literally puts his fingers into the deaf man's ears. A beautiful, symbolic gesture. He's literally plugging the man in to an alternative reality. And then he says, be opened, Ifatha. And so, my friends, as we, as we go into these next months of 24-7 Fox and CNN and political theater. Let us not go silent spiritually, morally. Let us remember that we are called to be faithful citizens. And to be a person of faith is not on the face of it to be a judger or a hater or a bigot. It is to be a disciple, a follower. And the key, my friends, is this quiet space, the church, the mass, the sacraments. Because when we plug into them, then we are plugging into something deeper and more beautiful and more lasting than the world can ever provide. And so let's go into the week asking ourselves, as we look at this image of this deaf, mute man, what part of you 
is deaf to God's call? What part of me? What words do we need to be opened and speak this week to a hurting world? 